the road to consciousness we will figure out consciousness which is one of the biggest mysteries in human history how we're going to do it is we're going to identify key pieces of the puzzle from multiple disciplines that are either knowledge or we classify as knowledge that's we have enough evidence that we can safely say we think this is truth or assumptions which either we have multiple competing theories or quite some evidence that point to it because without the assumptions we're going to go around in circles we've talked about the emotional significance theory what area we want to double down on is neurotransmitters neurotransmitters are super fascinating there's electrical signals that travel down the neurons themselves which get sent to other neurons either one neuron fires a lot at another neuron and in between the synapses they pass neurotransmitters these essentially are chemical exchanges that happen in a very tiny gap the synapse or the synaptic cleft which bind to receptors on the dendrites of the next neuron and what it does it changes the polar polarity because there's a certain resting potential for each neuron and it changes the polarity in a way which triggers an action potential from the axons from the from the axons hill cup i believe it's called which essentially is the narrowing of the gap now all these electrical signals are essentially because of the gates that they have sodium potassium calcium gets released essentially when the action potential triggers those calcium gates change again the polarity it, it varies it's, the resting potential is negative seven negative 70 millivolts and then it can go up to negative 55 millivolts and that's the threshold potential that kicks in a chain of sequence of events of different gates of sodium and potassium that travel down the axon that essentially then release uh, calcium into that particular axon terminal that triggers neurotransmitters to be released between the synapses and then this process repeats now either one neuron can fire multiple times or multiple neurons can bind and fire via the synapses to multiple dendrites what i am unclear about what i need to learn so much more about is we know those neurotransmitters in some sort of way give rise to our emotional experience or our feelings assuming the emotional significance and emotional experience is those neurotransmitters how much of those neurotransmitters you have in your body affects your experience in a big way uh, serotonin serotonin is the the mood neurotransmitter your mood is affected by serotonin uh, that's amazing how depending on that but that to me i see at the moment uh, my understanding is the neurotransmitter itself is a molecule that we understand there's different types of molecules that bind but that chemical exchange triggers more electrical signals to be sent the polarity changes it's ionization between sodium potassium uh there's calcium there's other ones as well um i think it's chloride so you're changing ionization which is not unique to neurons this happens in in most between the membrane of most cells essentially the ionization process happens this is how they pass signals to each other but what i'm trying to get at is we know that that neurotransmitter translates to emotions and that we feel 
Dopamine is another good example. So we know that dopamine is linked to our reward system. There's multiple regions of the reward system that dopamine is passed and that that we understand the side effects of dopamine. But if it's just in there to send more electrical signals to other neurons, how does the step function then happen to what we feel as our reward system? We get a great feeling when we have dopamine. Um there's the ventral tangential area, I believe. That's part of the stri- the limbic system. That's involved in the reward flow. There is a f- flow that happens with dopamine being passed. Maybe it's a neuromodulator. Neuromodulator is where it's released to multiple neurons. Um, but that's passed to the ven- ventral tangential area or the VTA, which goes to the nucleus accumbens, which is part of the striatum. And then that also goes to the prefrontal cortex. So somewhere along the way, it gives rise to the conscious experience that we have of well-being or in dopamine's case, reward. We feel some sort of reward. We need to understand more because if it is the neurotransmitters, then is it the release between the synapses of some kind of significance or is it something else process that happens that gives rise to the consciousness that we day-to-day experience? This is the part that I need more biochemistry understanding maybe to understand the molecule itself. But that's not going to give the explanation we're looking for because we talked about emergence. We could understand the molecule we want, but something happens in that interplay of that emotional significance with the step function to the feeling that we have consciously. And, and it does go to the pre prefrontal cortex in terms of the reward path. That's how we even though we know rewards are good for us, how many donuts do you want to eat? At some point, your prefrontal cortex is going to say, hey, this is not good for you. You should stop at 5, 6, 12, whatever it is. That's our judgment area. So definitely some part of the cortexes kick in and maybe it is the release of the dopamines along the way that accumulate somehow to that's passed to the cortex and that cortex is able to understand or maybe there's information that's passed that we don't know we're assuming that electrical signals get transferred between neurons and they they just keep firing right and and as much as they fire they go back to resting potential the the gates close and everything goes back to negative polarization of negative 70 millivolts it could be hyper polarized or it could go all the way to plus 30 millivolts when the action potential when it actually fires but we know that the end terminal is mainly the calcium gates. Calcium comes in, neurotransmitters bind to certain different type of receptors as well. This is super fascinating. We don't know all of the neurotransmitters out there. There's about 100 of them. But the way that they bind to different receptors, wow, this is insane. This is crazy. I would assume that as the neurons 100 billion start to develop, then maybe depending on how they learn and how they bind, which areas of the brain bind, the different branches of the synapses that clump together and work together as nuclei, they definitely have some kind of functionalism about them. (laughs) There's definitely specific functions. Now, different parts physically of the brain, we know are responsible for different areas, but some can over and under develop. And maybe that experience that we have in life is directly linked to how, at least in my case, I know which parts of my brain when I was younger under and overdeveloped this is fascinating i can i can pinpoint which one's over and underdeveloped uh so that definitely changes uh 
as we the developmental part of this and the developmental psychology not even psychology so psychology is one step function above neuroscience neuroscience is the base foundation of how our neurons communicate psychology is really much more at our experience and at our meaning level uh, for instance we may at some level depending on the amount of serotonin that we have it affects our well-being and mood and we will act and behave in different ways based on that and you know if if we ever take uh some some chemical drugs or drugs and drugs do exactly this they essentially bind to the receptors so there's more serotonin that just gets left over and you just feel better not a long-term solution and your body actually cleans up a lot of the neurochemicals that are left behind but it's clear that we understand that if those neurochemicals don't get sense now however i'm going back to this because this is the key point that i want to deep dive on is why is it that those neurotransmitters directly linked to a specific behavior in the psychology sense or the specific experience of, of love of how oxytocin specifically how does oxytocin specifically as a neurotransmitter give us the experience of love when in reality it's transferred so that neurons can send signals to other neurons and that's an electrical experience it's got to be the chemicals <laughs> but again i don't know enough about biochemistry here that's got to be the next avenue i need to understand the biological aspect because we made the assumption that consciousness and life go hand in hand we talked about panpsychism where everything in the universe potentially has some level of consciousness and we assumed that that's not the case evolution is giving us really clear evidence that we are evolving from biological systems or life itself i think the question there is does a single cell organism or a prokaryote have some sort of consciousness no there's stages of consciousness of perception sense sorry sensation perception experience meaning it has some perception phase sure great and then we evolved to have more of sensations and at some point that translated to those chemicals giving us more of an experience of life or a subjective experience of life. So there's something around the biology of life itself. Although it's a self-sustaining organism is one of the ways to define life. Um, but there's something in that chemical biochemistry play and we don't understand where life started, which is super fascinating. We made the assumption or we're going to make the assumption that some chemical soup in the depth of the ocean in the hot water, although I love panspermiism, <laughs> it's one of my favorite theories that like a, an asteroid carried life <laughs> from outer space and that's how life started. I, as much as I love that theory, I'm assuming there was a chemical play of biochemistry that somehow kickstarted the first single cell organism which at that point is like how sure i mean that's fascinating itself but then how uh, along the evolutionary chain did consciousness arise there's definitely some scale depending on the stages of consciousness but either way the biochemistry and the chemicals i'm wondering does prokaryotes have neurotransmitters no it's they don't have any neurons so you know a single cell organism just knows how to uh, the membrane there's i guess there's ionic channels and that gets passing molecules and molecules come in and technically eats the molecules or uses the molecules as fuel and sustains itself and that continues um we are not that far different <laughs> actually that's not true there's 37 trillion cells that work together in a multicellular organism fashion or organs that turn into you know accumulation of us so complexity is an interesting concept here. 
how does complexity play into it? If we're 37 trillion cells all working in unison, there is a complexity factor. But I don't think it affects consciousness in the brain that much. It so happens that our bodies are very complex machine. Our brains are super complex physical machines, but they all come from the same foundational building blocks as our bodies do our bodies are made up of the same molecules are made up of the same atoms and quarks and all of the things that particle physics tells us our brains are not that far off except they have a special function in terms of neurons neurons at one level or two level three levels up from biochemistry itself is the basic building block but there is a chemical interplay that has given us rights to consciousness we don't understand that chemical interplay i'm running with emotional significance and feelings are an in are our meaning phase of that emotional significance and the more significant the experience is the more actively conscious we are of it so there is an emergence that happens with the neurotransmitter chemicals i'm making a very very multiple big assumptions here but we have to start somewhere and navigate either through that or around it or change or this is how theories work and we don't have a good theory of consciousness at the moment so any theory could be a good one this is it so biochemistry is the next step i'm not sure that's the right path i actually don't think so i don't like i said i think you could study the chemicals you could study the molecules all day i'm not sure you start to see what has emerged I don't even know how to digest emergence. Where, where, where would you start to understand if emergence is true? This is a very, very difficult thing to even assume or make any knowledge about whether the system... We know that's not true. The system as a whole, definitely at the, micro, at the macro scale. The, the key here is something else happens at our scale that doesn't happen at the quantum level that's how the whole emergence is the mapping of the micro in this case micro or faster doesn't matter let's say the micro at the quantum level how that maps to our macro world that is emergence <laughs> and this is why i suspect it's very difficult to answer the question of how consciousness comes about because it is an emergent factor same with time same with self same with mind body well okay fine mind body and consciousness i'm lumping together anyway so Will we ever figure out emergence? My assumption is maybe. Yes, yes, we will. That's the path that we need to explore.